the Radio Essentials podcast. A podcast about radio with your host, James Marriott. Welcome to the first Radio Essentials podcast. I'm James Marriott and every month we're going to meet someone from the big wide world of radio to talk about their career, how the industry's changed and developed and what the future might have in store. Plus, of course, it's radio, so we're going to play a couple of silly games as well. Radio Essentials provides content and services for radio people. Check out radioessentials.com. Later on, we're going to be uh, drawing the winner of a competition we've been running on social media to win a rather amazing Roadcaster Pro. First, let's meet our guest for the very first Radio Essentials podcast. And it's a pleasure to introduce Hearts Yorkshire Drive Time presenter. It's Dixie. Hello. Do, we, do you want me to call you Dixie, or are we doing yeah. are we doing proper names? Well, no one calls me David, right. really. Um, so Dixie is perfectly fine. We'll stick fine. with Dixie. Not yeah. is, is David kind of the you're in trouble? Name? Yeah, I mean, not even my wife calls me David. I mean, just my mum would call me David. Um, it's weird, like because I have this all the time. Well, what's your real name? I said, well, just call me Dixie. It's fine. And I've had this nickname since school, right. so it was it existed before the radio. In fact, when I first started, I was David Dixon on the radio. But um, yeah, it didn't really, I didn't really like that on jingles. So I changed it pretty quick and yep. became Dixie. Makes sense. All right, we'll stick with uh, we'll stick with Dixie. I'm looking forward to hearing more about those uh, those early years as we talk through your career in a bit. Um, later as well, you're going to be our first player of Jock Against the Clock. This sounds awesome. Now, the good news is that you are guaranteed to go top of the leaderboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We would hope. There is a possibility you could be disqualified if you get them all wrong. But, right. Uh, yes, I think barring a disaster, then you will set some kind of um, bar um, for uh, for other presenters to, to try and reach today. Uh, before that, though, I mean, it wouldn't be radio if we didn't play Celebrity Birthdays. Yay! So we'll do that. So this is the August podcast. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to start by giving you a celebrity and how old they are this month. Then I'll give you the next celebrity. You just tell me whether you think their age is going to be higher or lower. Yeah. So we're going to start with Liam Payne, singer, formerly of One Direction. Yeah, I know him. Uh, August the 29th is his birthday. He turns 28. Is that it? 28. Wow. Now, Dua Lipa, her birthday is the 22nd of August. But do you think she is going to be higher or lower than 28? Dua Lipa. Lower, lower than 28. I'd go lower for Dua Lipa. Lower for Dua Lipa. Yeah. She will be 26. So you get that one right. Well done. Right. Next is... Rupert Grint, uh, actor extraordinaire. I think he's only actually ever been in one thing, but we all know what that one thing is. His birthday's August the 24th, higher or lower than 26? I reckon it's higher. Oh, hang on. No, let me think about this. How old was he when he first started Harry Potter? So this is this is Ron Weasley, isn't it? It is. Um, Trying to think how old Daniel Radcliffe would be. Um, it's hard, isn't it? Because we think about them being kids. Yeah, they're still. It's like, always funny when you see the deep. first one. Yeah. You know, you like you see the Philosopher's Stone. You're like, oh my god, that's so weird. Like they grew up before our eyes. Um, this is tricky for me. Um, I think I would probably maybe let's put them slight. Oh god, slightly higher. I'm going to go higher than 26. Do you know what? You'd be surprised. It's quite a bit higher. He'll be 33. Really? It's high, it is hard to contemplate yeah. that, isn't it? Uh, right then. So we're at 33. And next you have Megan, Duchess of Cornwall. 
Her birthday is the 4th of August. Meghan Markle. Hmm. Are you allowed to give her a royal title anymore? I thought she dropped that. <laughs> right. So, yeah, she's she's older. She's older. Because I'm sure I saw like a Channel 5 show the other night, which was called Megan at 40. So I'm going higher. Guess what? Yeah, she's 40. Yes. There we go. Right. So your last one. I think this is quite hard. So we're, we're at 40 with Meghan Markle. Next, Charlie XCX. Younger. That was a definite answer. Yeah, I know no Charlie XCX. I like Charlie XCX. She's a she's an amazing artist. And have, have, um, you, have you got her phone number in your? No, phone? I haven't actually. Uh, um, I, I follow her on the socials if that counts, but we've she, we've never interacted. She follow you back? Nah, she hasn't. Oh, um, we'll edit this bit out because that's. <laughs> uh, she is younger. She is twenty nine. Oh. So um, I think that was a full house. I think you got them all. Good, and I would expect to. I take my celebrity birthdays very seriously. (laughs) I mean, thank God for Radio Essentials. Like, since the Extracts magazine disappeared, I didn't know where to go for my birthdays. Blast from the past. (laughs) Uh, Right, let's talk about your career then. So where did it all start? And I mean, like, right back to the... What was the point where you thought, like, ah, radio, that's it? Yeah, I I know exactly when that moment was. So I was at... Um, would I be at primary school? Just going into secondary school. And I was I was interested in radio. I was interested in TV. I was interested in the equipment, the mixers, like microphones, buttons. And I, I couldn't really figure out whether I wanted to be like front of house, i.e. a presenter, or whether I wanted to be kind of a, a behind the scenes kind of guy producing stuff and actually pressing all the buttons. There was a light bulb moment. It was a Radio One road show. Bonus on Windermere, because I'm from Cumbria originally. Bonus on Windermere. And Mark Goodyear was presenting, I remember. Um, some big acts were on, like Scatman. <laughs> and um, he was he was doing everything. So he was out there with a microphone in front of the crowd, and the crowd are going crazy. Like everyone used to show up for a Radio One road show. These were yeah, these yeah. were brilliant. Um, like when you say roadshow, like our experience of roadshows is more or less like an Asda car park or something. They weren't like that. They were huge. Uh, before like One Big Weekend and all those kind of things. They'd roll up, they'd, they'd put the truck in the middle of a field and thousands of people would come. And it was the most exciting thing. So he's on stage, he's doing everything. And then he sat down and he's pressing all the buttons and he's coming in and out of all the songs, but he's the star of the show as well. And he's, he's putting it all together. And I thought, ah, that's the one. Radio is the thing. So not only can I you know, master the technical side of it, I can, you know, be on stage and introduce Scatman one day. That was the dream. Um, And that was the moment I think that I thought, right, radio is definitely something I wanted to do. And from that point, my mind didn't really change. That was the point. And then everything from that point was about, right, how do I do this? How do I get on? And what, so what happened from there? Um, the Cumbrian radio landscape, there wasn't a lot going on. Mm. Um, we had the local BBC station, of course. Um, and my dad had worked in newspapers. He'd worked for the local paper and a mate of his had gone on to be a reporter on Radio Cumbria. And it was one of those classic examples of, you know, having a contact somewhere. My dad said, look, this guy works at Radio Cumbria. He was called Martin Lewis, not that one, another one. Um maybe we can try and sort you out some work experience. So that's that's where I went. I spent um, a couple of days with him, uh, a little remote studio in Kendall. Um, and, and that was seeing the life really of a, a local BBC reporter going out with a ewer on tape, wow. doing interviews and that, coming back, editing those, sending them off, hearing those go out. 
and that was quite exciting. That kind of got my foot in the door. From that point, one year at Radio Cumbria, they invited um, some kids that had been good on work experience to present their own show. This is for children in need, one right. year. Um, so that was my first kind of live broadcast. It's around on tape somewhere, but it was it was pretty awful, but it was exciting. And um, that was my first, my first go on the radio. And from there, um, got a job as a broadcast assistant at Radio Cumbria, making the tea, sorting out the sports news, writing bits of travel and stuff like that. And did that every morning on breakfast before I uh, went to school stroke sixth form. So that, that was my kind of official thing, my first job. So when was your first kind of on-air gig? Um, yeah, so did did my sixth form, did Radio Cumbria throughout that, got to go to university in Salford on a, on a TV and radio course, TV and radio production course. Um, they had a little RSL on the go. I tried to get in on that. They weren't accepting new people. So that was soul destroying. So my first official on-air gig was uh, AA Roadwatch. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so a little studio in Cheadle and you'd read the travel news. I used to read the travel for Asian Sound and Jazz FM and uh, quite a few of the local BBCs. Um, and record back then a premium rate travel line number as well. Brilliant. Sounds quite sexy, doesn't it? It does a little bit. <laughs> Pay 50p to listen to the, <laughs> the latest on the M6. Um, did that. And then from there, kind of got a bit of broadcast experience under my wings and managed to get on air at a radio station that was just launching on the Wirral, what was part of the old MFM stations. Um, they were relaunching on the Wirral as the Buzz 97.1 they needed an evening show guy and that's where I ended up. So jacked in the course, left it, never completed it and uh, moved to Birkenhead and the rest is history. I'm intrigued by the uh, the AA Roadwatch gig. Did, yeah. did you have a, a, a sign off? Uh, from, your... It was something like from the AA Roadwatch Travel Centre, I'm Dave Dixon. Brilliant. It was Dave at this point. <laughs> Dixie it. doing the travel. It, it wasn't Dixie at this stage, no. <laughs> I'm trying to think when the first point that that I can remember you being on the the radio somewhere round here was, and I can't place it. I can't think where it where it was. But but what? How, how did you end up in Yorkshire? Hallam, it was. Right, um, it will have been. So I w- I was at the Buzz, and I've been there a few years, and w- was looking for the next step up. Um, and a mate of mine at the time, Dave Bethel, was working um, for for MFM down the road, same group as as the Buzz. And he was saying, oh, there's this gig going in Sheffield um, and you need to speak to a, a guy called Anthony Gay, who was running Hallam at the time. So I had my interview with Ant in Sheffield at the, the Hallam FM building, which is still there, Harris Road. I remember my dad took me because I couldn't drive at the time. So I'd still be about, I don't know, 19, 20 at this point. Right. And um, he took me for a drink first. We went to... Uh, we went to a pub and I had a vodka and Red Bull before my interview and it worked. Um, like I had my chat with uh, Ant and shortly after I got offered the evening show on Hallam FM, which was the most exciting thing because yeah. Hallam was huge. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise how huge it was. The only thing I could compare it to was Rock FM. We had Rock FM back in the Northwest and Hallam was as big, if not bigger at the time. Daryl Denham was on breakfast. Hursty was there on drive and that was that was huge for me. That felt massive. The studios were bigger. Everyone seemed to listen to Hallam in South Yorkshire at that point. And, and that was, yeah, that was my first kind of appearance on the Yorkshire radio scene. So what happened from 
from that point onwards, by the way, I'm going to ask for your um, top tips for anyone that wants to get into yeah. radio later. I don't know sure. if vodka and Red Bull is going to be one of them. But, yeah, I'd put uh, it down there. Make it, make a note of it. Whatever your tipple may be. Because <laughs> you did, um, at some point, you headed off down south for a bit, didn't you? Yeah, that was my that was my wife's fault. So um, Lynn, um, who I met, Lynn Pooley was her name at the time. She was a newsreader mm. at Hallam. And um, we got together, started a relationship. I won't go into the, the graphic details of that, but... <laughs> Um, she got, she was on the news team. She got offered a job at Radio One, uh, at Newsbeat. And it was one of those situations where, oh, do I, do I follow? It was quite, quite early on in the relationship. It's like, well, I could, I could try and get a job down South and we could, we could live down there. That'd be good. So Lynn, um, kind of went for, I think it was quite a short contract she was offered, but was like, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to risk it. Hopefully it's going to lead to a full-time job. And it did. Um, so Lynn moved to London. I continued on Hallam, but I wanted to get down south as as, as quick as I could. Um, and there was um, another presenter, Emma Scott, who used to be on Hallam back in the day, had gone down to this station in Brighton called Surf. So I started doing a few weekend bits on there. So I do Hallam during the week and then a few weekend bits down in Brighton. Surf was then rebranding to Juice, Juice Brighton. Uh, one thing led to another. I got offered the breakfast show down there. Left Hallam on in a in a pretty bad way actually. It 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 wasn't it didn't end the way I wanted it to end. Right. I wanted to go. I had this new job lined up. There was a bit of discussion over me leaving and when was the right time to leave. Anyway, I was like, I just want to go now, please. Um so there, there was a bit of an argument and I, I left without doing my my last show. Oh, I, I remember shedding a tear down the M1. As someone else was covering my show, I never got to say goodbye. I've never really got to say goodbye. There's a theme as we go through. I've always been binned off before saying goodbye. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went to Brighton, did breakfast on juice. Um, and I lived in London, travelled to Brighton every day, which was a bit of a slog. But we had some great times down there and a great station to work at. It was little, it was a lot smaller than Hallam, but it was on on the coast every morning. I'd go and have breakfast on the beach. It was cool. And a, a lot of young people there. It was quite kind of a dance-edged kind of station. Brighton was very cool. Um, and we had a lot of fun. And that is probably where I learned a lot about about breakfast, really. I've not really done breakfast before. Right. And that was all about getting early, getting up early and, you know, setting up the day. Uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Awesome city as well, isn't it? Oh, Brighton. yeah, it was lovely. Such, such a, it, it doesn't even feel like anywhere else in the UK. I always think Brighton no. has such a different vibe to anywhere The, the pebbly else. beach annoyed me, though. I was like, <laughs> I like sand. It's not a proper beach. <laughs> well, it's, it's a proper beach, but it's just not comfortable to lie on. <laughs> Damn those pebbles. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so to, to talk us through the next steps after there, because um, obviously you're down south for, for a bit, uh, and then eventually you make the move back up to Yorkshire. Yeah, well, there was there was a little, there was a few years in between that before I came back to Yorkshire. So I was doing Juice Breakfast, um, making some inroads with EMAP, it then was at the time. Um, I had a bit of a, a tryout for Kiss in London, mm-hmm. which was a station I was desperate to be on. I had a go on it. It looked like it might happen. It never did. I was like, all right, whatever. But my demo I did at Kiss was passed on to Rock FM, who needed a new breakfast show in the Northwest. Um, and I got offered that. <laughs> and no disrespect to Preston. I remember driving up with Lynn. I had the interview. Then I got the call saying I got the gig. We're driving around Preston and Lynn's like, we're not living here, are we? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is this is like the end of the world. I went, no, there'd be a nice place. And, and we lived on a nice place on Preston Docks, but eventually moved out to Chorley, which was lovely. We had a lovely time in Whitley Woods in Chorley and did rock breakfast for uh, quite a few years. That was great. Really good team. Really exciting. 
Um, but yeah, went on holiday. Uh, this is what's known as a Rock FM holiday. I went on holiday and got fired. Oh, no. So we, we'd gone to Florida for a few weeks. Um, and my agent at the time, I had an agent. This is old school. Wow. Ran me up and said, yeah, when, when you come back, they don't want you on breakfast. They want you to do lates and then, you know, see out your contract. I went, nah, I'm not doing that. Just get my money and get out. So they paid me off and that was that. And I thought, yeah, I'll find a, a gig straight away. I've just done breakfast on Rock FM. I'll walk into another gig. And it didn't happen. And like for a year, there was there was not a lot going on. Like I was DJing clubs to make my money. I was mm-hmm. covering here, there and everywhere. Um, and then, yeah, I did a bit of Juice Liverpool in that time. Hits, which was uh, just a digital station at that point. I did the first live breakfast show on there for a week, covering when Tulum was off once. Um, and again, my demo from there, um, I passed on to, who would it have been? It would have been Brent, Brent Tobin, who was running Galaxy in Yorkshire at the time um, and, and got my first show on Galaxy again on a weekend, just trying out. Then I, w- I was offered an official contract for Manchester. I was doing weekends on Galaxy Manchester but then because of a change of personnel in Yorkshire, then the ultimate gig came up. It was like, right, do you want to do afternoons? I think one till four it was on Galaxy Yorkshire. And we did that. And that that led to the best time on the radio. Galaxy was just, oh my God, when I think about it, that was the best time. Uh, it's it's weird, isn't it now? Because, um, you know, Capital is a, is a huge, huge brand. But, you know, I think back to those days where Galaxy in Yorkshire was you know, about as big as a regional radio station's ever been. It yeah. was just, it was a phenomenon. People talked about everything that was going on on that, on that yeah. station. You know, it was at that time where stuff like social media was just starting to become a thing and and, and that station just tapped into a generation perfectly. Yeah. Um, I think, when I think back to being on Galaxy for the first time, you're talking about social media, MySpace had just kicked off, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving out my MySpace address. Brilliant. At that point, Social media, Twitter wasn't a thing. Facebook was just coming on. I remember we used to do a uh, a game on Galaxy. Facebooks, I think it was. Like if you found someone's face or something, you won money. I can't remember how it worked. But the thing for me that was so special about Galaxy, you're right, there was such a buzz about it. Everyone seemed to be listening. It was it was kind of viewed as the cool station. Like if, if you were on Galaxy, you were cool. All the cool kids listen to Galaxy. The music was great. The attitude of the station was great. And the presenters were great. Like, um, I was inspired. That really upped my game for me. I was sandwiched in between. Um, you had Hursty at breakfast. You had people like Dan O'Connell, Graham Smith, Dave Kelly in an evening, who were all just firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Like, there was such a great vibe. And you had to be at their level. Do you know what I mean? You, yeah. When you came on the air, you had to be hammering it as well. And it was just... Yeah, if you could capture that magic um, again, I'm not sure if it would be possible to do it again because everybody here was in the same building. We were all at this kind of same point in our lives. We were all still pretty young. We were all going out. We were living the brand. If you think about it, we'd go out to the clubs. um, And it was just being around a load of creative people. And the management were very creative as well. And they were also like, oh, if you think it's a good idea, try it. You know, it might happen, might not work. This might work, this might not. Um, it was just every day was a fun day. The office was full of people, which you don't really get much around radio anymore unless you're in like a network centre like London. 
but in the studios in Leeds, it was just buzzing all the time. And it was fun. Everybody was in and out of everybody's shows. There was a great family aspect to it. Everybody respected each other. Yeah, it was a, it was a great time and creatively just, yeah, the best time. I remember even even like the, the the news and some of the features were about things kind of like social politics and stuff that really mattered to people that were kind of growing up at that time and and the world was changing a, yeah. a, a bit and culturally things were changing as well and and Galaxy was just so so good at tapping into to to, to that and I'm, I I can't I don't really know if it's ever been rivaled since really in terms of what 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 stations have done. Um, that that leads on to to real and then subsequently to heart, doesn't it? Yeah. Again, coming out of Galaxy, what happened there was was the whole networking thing. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I'm on, I'm on in Leeds. I, I was doing a network show at the time across all the galaxies on a Saturday morning. I thought, yeah, I'll be all right here. You know, it, it won't be me that gets affected. And I remember it's one of those days which anybody who's been in a situation where there's been redundancies and stuff like that. I remember the day exactly. I remember getting called into the office and yeah, Dixie, it's not good news. Um, we will be taking you off afternoons. Um, but you know, you're still under contract. So we want you to do, um, a new show. We want you to do early breakfast across the network, which was something like four till half six or something, whenever breakfast started. So I signed on to do that. I was like, yeah, do you know what? I'll, Global was involved by this point, so it was like, you know what? I think I'll, I'll stick. I'll stick with Global. See what happens. Um, you know, there's worse gigs to have. You know, it was a essentially a networked early breakfast across all the stations. I thought, yeah, I'll do that. That sounds okay. Um, at that point, though, Real came knocking. Um, Real Radio, which was based up in Tingley, it was still quite new in the days of Real. Really, it'd been around a few years, but quite a change from Galaxy to Real. I remember like turning up at real i thought oh god i better put a shirt on it, it felt a bit more formal it was a bit older of course you know I, I think we can all admit that it was a bit middle of the road dare i say some people view it as a bit cheesy um i think as as real after i got there i realized that oh actually this we we can do a lot with this this is um there was a lot of freedom they did the news very well. They did the sport very well. That's what Real was kind of built on, wasn't it? Like big, big tunes, big competitions, big, you know, news provision, big sport provision. Uh, sport for me was was never something I was really into. I remember my show used to get sh- cut short on a Thursday for a Super League phone-in, but you know, whatever, mm. I can take that. But yeah, that, that took me to Real and that was, again, a, a great time. I was I was um, put on with Gail. Gail Lofthouse is now at Radio Leeds. Yeah. And we had a really good run on breakfast. Like within the first year, we'd got the GMG award for best breakfast show, which has gone a bit rusty now. I don't know what they made it out of, but it's it's not great metal. (laughs) Um, And then we got the Sony the year after. Then we got the um, Archiva award the year after that for breakfast or or best new present, not best presenter, I think, best commercial presenter. We had a really good run. So myself and Gail, um, our producer at the time, Jamie Broadbent, who was part of the original kind of Radio 1 Chris Evans lineup, he used to produce on that. He was great. Gail was great. And it just all worked. Uh, and it was, a, it was a good solid breakfast show, to be honest. I, I'm still proud of what we did on Real. 
obviously real doesn't exist anymore kind mm. of you know morphed most of the stations morphed into heart which is what we've seen yeah. in um in yorkshire let me ask you a little bit then about generally how radio has changed because that word networking's cropped up a few times as you've yeah, kind of been talking yeah, yeah. there and certainly your your career has, has kind of been affected by that i get the impression that you loved being on breakfast you're now back kind of doing afternoons as a result of kind of what's what's happened so yeah. when you take that kind of step back and look at how radio's changed what what are your kind of thoughts and feelings I was never against the networking thing. It always seemed to me like it had to happen for for radio to stay number one relevant. Uh, And by that, I mean, like you look around now, everything is brand driven. Like my kids don't really listen to the radio, but they know what heart is. They know what capital is because they're big beasts. They know what YouTube is. They know what Netflix is. Uh, There's not a lot of room for 102.8, The Wolf or whatever. These little stations like... A lot of people will moan about, oh, radio was so much better back in the day and networking's ruined everything. It hasn't really ruined anything. What it has done, I think, is prevented maybe the next generation of presenters. There's not a lot of decent presenters around anymore. And that is probably the fault of the industry not having the outlets for these people to learn their craft like I did. However, um, what you have now in the world of podcasting, bloggers, vloggers, YouTube people, if you have the talent, if you've got something to say, just do it by yourself. You know, you don't necessarily need a radio station anymore. So as, as much as we maybe have a bit of a lack of talent coming through, um, people are finding different outlets for that. And that's fine. You know, in some in some situations, these people are getting more listeners than they would on the radio, doing exactly what they want to do, saying what they want to say. And that's fine. I still think, you know, if you've got a voice and you want to talk to people about what you're into, your beliefs, your the way you, yeah, your thoughts on the world, you don't really need to be sat in a radio station with the songs in between you. You can do what you want. And I, I think that's great. I think there's a lot of, a lot of freedom there. But yeah, I don't, I was never anti-networking. Uh, I've been lucky enough to survive each one in recent years. Like there's not many of us left and I always feel honoured that I'm still here. But yeah, I do miss, we mentioned Galaxy that, I do miss a full office full of people, presenters all in the same building, all working on the same station in the same area geographically. And we don't really have that anymore. Like when I come to work, me and Emma do the show, we're the only show that comes from our building. So it's different than it used to be. But, you know, arguably these stations are bigger now than they used to be as well. So there's not a lack of listeners. Um, if anything, the network and the streamlining has, you know, has kept radio there as a proposition that people want to go to. You know what I mean? You hit the nail on the head there, I think, in a lot of ways in terms of the fact that, you know, I, I always find it, if someone says to me, oh, what, you know, someone that wants to get into radio now, what should they do? And I always think that's a hard question to yeah. answer because there used to be a clear path, which was you start in hospital radio and you work yeah, up yeah, to yeah. kind of use smaller commercial stations. And then, you know, you've got a demo that you can put together and you can fire off. And, and, and they just used to be a very clear set out yeah. sort of ladder. And, and, and that's not really there now. But at the same time, there's there's no less desire for content in the world um, and people are just consuming it in different ways. So it means that those that that sort of path to, you know, people listening to what you've got to say has 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 muddied and, and changed. Yeah. But that demand is still there. Of course it is. More more now than ever. Um 
If you're a presenter or you want to be a presenter, think about what it is that means, right? So I come in here, I talk in between some songs. Um, I'll hopefully do some funny bits along the way and just be a nice, friendly, hopefully kind of approachable, real person on the radio. That's that's what I've tried to do over, over the, the the last years of, of my radio career anyway. Just switch on the radio. I'm here. I've got some songs. Let's have a laugh. That, that's that's what it is. If if you want to do that, then fine. I think it's it's difficult to get on the radio now and, and play the hits and, and talk in between and be funny and that. But go and buy a USB microphone, plug it in, release your own podcast. Do you know what I mean? It's it's that it's that simple. Yeah. There was not that kind of outlet for me as a kid. Like I had to, you know, press pause on a tape machine and try and practice my links in between stuff when I was coming up as a kid. There's there's so much appetite, like you say, for content. And you should never be scared of just having a go and, yeah. and getting it out there. You're not going to get the experience from local radio anymore. That's not uh, an avenue that's open really anymore. But when people say to me, oh, I'm thinking about a career in radio, I'm like, yeah, cool. That That's great. There's not a lot of jobs, but I'm still a great believer of if you're good at it, if you're really good, like your attitude is great. People see you and go, oh, do you know what? Yeah, yeah that could work. So it's, it's never an impossibility. Don't look at it like a closed closed door. Just look at it as a, a door that's closed most of the time, but now and again opens for a little bit and, and lets, lets the good people through. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, we're seeing, you know, particularly Radio 1 giving more chances than ever to, to younger presenters where, yeah. you know, their Christmas schedule every year now, they're kind of handing over to new presenters and, and some of them are, idea. are sticking around and, 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 you know, there will be people who've put together some kind of demo from podcasting or in their own bedroom yep. or community radio where there are opportunities or, or wherever that might be. So, I mean, this is going to lead into to, to kind of me asking you for your tips, really, for those people that are looking to get into radio. And I know we've, we've probably touched on a couple of those already with you mentioning about, you know, buy a USB microphone, start a podcast. Mm, Absolutely. I wanted to be a a music presenter. Yeah. So all my idols growing up, Chris Evans was on at the time um, and then Moyle started and I I listened to him. I thought, ah, right. Yeah, this is good. I like this. It was more relaxed. It was more conversational. So figure out what kind of presenter you want to be. If you want to start doing talk radio then great podcast let's hear your opinions on stuff let's um let's see what you're about if you want to be a specialist music presenter again let's let's hear what you've got to say about music what you're enthusing about what what's the next big thing for you how passionate you are um mainstream presenting again now it's about being real and it's about being relatable presenters now um if they're a decent presenter, they will talk to you like you're used to being spoken at down the pub. I know we, we always say this. Oh, it's like having a conversation down the pub rather than, hey, it's the radio. I've got this. This is amazing. On the way, this, this and this. It's not how it works anymore. I, people see through that. And just, yeah, think about where you want to be. That if, if we rewind, I was, I was always dead set on on being a music presenter on a big radio station. That's what I wanted. So look at it, look how far away it seems to you and then make the steps to get there. Learn the equipment, volunteer somewhere. If that is community radio, brilliant. If it's hospital radio, brilliant. I didn't have a great experience at hospital radio. It was, it was, it was full of horrible people, but that was, that was my experience. That one place. Some people have had very good experiences, but yeah, try 
try and get experience in places that that is still pandemic kind of closed it down for a bit but a lot of great people i've seen come through the ranks come in oh can i help out can i help you write some things edit some things so it's about for me developing those skills so if someone says to you oh um yeah can you edit this for me oh yeah i can brilliant oh so you can do that yeah i can do this learn the equipment speak to people most people most presenters that i know anyway if you ask them for a bit of advice or a bit of help will always say yeah no problem yeah i've so many times people have said oh how did you get into it well here's how i got into it oh could i come and sit in one day yeah cool once you've seen it and you, and you look at what's involved you can be fired up and go oh yeah that's definitely what i want to do so i will always help people do that i'm never afraid to say look come in we'll show you how it works oh cool yeah this is really exciting yeah cool so what do i need to do next well you need to go away try and try and practice that a bit um it's not impossible is what i would say it was easier for me I think, because there was more outlet to go and try stuff and, and get experience. Um, but yeah, the radio and and broadcasting in general is still full of nice people, do you know what I mean, who who want to help. Yeah. Um, and like I say, there is a bit of a an issue with talent. Like, people are looking. Don't ever think that, oh yeah, there's a queue of DJs waiting to take over. There isn't, do you know what I mean? And if the pandemic has showed us anything, oh, they're off. Okay, the standby presenter's in. Good. Now he's off. Oh my God, there's no one. Do you know what I mean? So th- there's still, still chances for people for people to get on. But know what you want to do. Study those brands a bit. So when it comes to actually sending in a demo or whatever, you know, you know what you're doing. You know what you're going for. What does the future hold for Dixie then? Because I should caveat this with the fact that I keep seeing you popping up on the TV. Yeah. So this is Channel 4. When I heard there was a Channel 4 show coming out of Leeds, I was like, I'd like to be involved in that somehow. Because TV is something that I want to get into. Do you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm at the very bottom of, of anything in the TV world. Um, but as it comes about, I'd... Um, yeah, I'd, I'd seen they were after people. They have these lunch mates. They're called Steph's Pat Lunch is the show on Channel 4, daytime. Um, they were after some new people. And uh, I got in touch. I'd sent them a bit about what I was about, a few videos of social bits we've done on the show. They were like, yeah, you, you look like fun. Come in and have a go. Came in one day, had a go. My first ever proper live TV bit. It was good. I said something funny, got a laugh. They were like, oh, do you want to come back? Yeah. So I came back next week and the week after and the week after. So that show is on a break at the moment. It comes back in September. But yeah, I'll be back on there in September at least once a week. Um, and what what that is doing for me is it's me trying out a new thing. Yeah. It's as simple as that. I've been doing radio forever. Yeah. I enjoy it. I still love it. One thing I'd never done properly is telly. And I was like, oh, I'd love to have a go on this. And whether it was going to be something in production, which, you know, I'm still looking at, I, I not necessarily a career change, but I'd, I'd like to do a bit more TV because I'm a big TV geek. But actually being there in a live situation, watching Steph, studying what she's doing, um, a great crew, a great bunch of people there. It's live. It's it's Channel Four. It's funny. It's fresh. There's some great comedians coming through there as well. It's just a very exciting thing to be part of. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Plus, it works with the radio as well. Like it films in Leeds down the road, yeah. and then half an hour later, an hour later, I'm on the air. So it fills my day. <laughs> Perfect. Um, really big question now. Mm. Did you ever manage to appear on stage with Scatman John? No, I never did. And he's no longer with us, is he? He's not. Sadly. I remember he was so nice, though. He was so nice um, because I I actually got on stage. I never told you this. I got on stage on that day playing bits and pieces with Mark Goodyear. 
And uh, I saw Scatman John backstage. I was like, hey, kid, how are you? I was like, oh, cool. I remember he was wearing like black pumps like he used to wear at school. I remember that. Um, Still fresh in my mind. Legend. That's exactly how I would expect his voice to yeah. sound. Exactly. Uh, right. Okay. We're going to uh, we're going to announce the winner for the uh, Roadcaster Pro beautiful bit of kit in just a while. And um, I did actually enter that competition before signing up for this podcast. Do you know what? So did I. But the very fact that we're now doing this, yeah. if you win it or I win it, that's going to look really bad. I'm so a, I'm assuming we're disqualified. <laughs> I would presume so. Fingers crossed. You know, if the name comes out and it's. Mims Jarriot or something, then uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, right now, what we're going to do is uh, play our game, Jock Against the Clock. Jock Against the Clock. Now, how this works is five questions. Got to answer them as quick as you can. Yeah. There's a ten-second penalty for any that you get wrong. If you get them all wrong, you're out. So, because it's the August podcast, all the questions are in some way linked to the month of August. Hang on a minute. I thought this was jocking against the clock. I thought it was going to be jock-based. But it's, what is it? Oh, I'm the jock. I'm against the clock. That's it. Ah, right, okay. I can send it back to the S&P team if you want. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, jock against the clock. Five questions, quick as you can. Okay. Ten second penalty for any that you get wrong. How are you feeling? I'm a bit nervous now, to be honest. Normally the way around for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asking the questions. Not Do asking. I need to fire a bed off for this or a little <laughs> countdown? <laughs> All right, then. If you're ready, mm. we will start in three, two, one. Away we go. Alfred Hitchcock was born in August 1899. He was nominated for five Best Director Oscars. How many did he win? Two. 7th of August is the Football Community Shield between Leicester and Man City at Wembley, but who won it last time in 2020? Uh, Leicester. World War II ended on VJ Day, which is the 15th of August, 1945. What year had the war begun? Oh, God. Um, uh, I want to say 38. That's not right. Come on. <laughs> what was the name of Flo Rider and David Guetta's song that went to number one on 21st of August, 2010? Good feeling. And in August 1992, Bill Clinton went on TV to say that he did not have sexual relations with that woman. What was her name? Monica Lewinsky. Stop the clock. Jock against the clock. Do you know what? I've I realised uh, the Flow Rider one. I, I know that's incorrect. And I'd like to change my answer, but you're not going to let me. But there you go. So I'll tell you time first. You did it in a very respectable 51 seconds. Yeah, well, you say that no one else has played yet. Uh, I am making up the respectable bit because I've got no idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This might be the worst performance ever. No one knows. <laughs> Just trying to make you feel better because now I've got to go through your answers. Yeah. Uh, Alfred, <laughs> I think all of these are wrong. Let's have a go. Alfred Hitchcock. I, I thought quite famously won no Oscars at all for Best Director. Nominated uh-huh. for five, never won any. The Charity Shield last year was won by Arsenal. Oh, I thought it was Leicester. Ah, uh, yeah, Okay. I get if you're not a football fan, you maybe don't you maybe don't know, but uh, yeah. yeah, it was Arsenal last year. World War Two started in 1939. You were uh, a year out. That's a year out. Flo Rider and David Guetta. If you answered that again, what would you say? Club can't handle me. That would be correct. Ah, but I said good feeling. So unfortunately, 40 seconds to add on to your <laughs> time. Which uh, which makes I'm gonna have to make a note of this as well because it, you I mean you will be number one on our leaderboard because you yeah. did get the last one right which for means a month qualify so 51 seconds plus a 40 second penalty I'm afraid all right 
fine. But there we go. I mean, you know, I can I can say you've set the bar. Yeah. I'm not necessarily that highly, but you've set no. the you've set the bar. You've set the bar. You are listening to the Radio Essentials podcast. Now you get the exciting task of uh, announcing the winner of the Roadcaster Pro. So I'm uh, pretty hyped for this. I'll be I, honest. I have just been sent it now, okay. and I can confirm it's not me and it's not you, which is Rubbish. good. So if you would like to announce our winner, that would be brilliant. So the winner is Mark Thomas DJ. That's his profile on Twitter. He's in the Warwickshire area. He is in the Warwickshire area uh, at DJ Plug Radio. Well done, Mark. Yay. You are our winner from. Uh, I mean, there were thousands of entrants for uh, for that. So well done to you, Dixie. Thank you very much for coming on. Well done for taking top spot on the uh, leaderboard. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Find out more about Radio Essentials by finding us on social media at Radio Essentials or head to radioessentials.com. Big thank you to everyone who uses our services. Just over six months old and we're now getting 15,000 visitors every month and that is growing day by day. We're looking forward to launching some more services soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And we'll be back next month where we'll have another guest from the world of radio and we'll be announcing a fantastic new competition as well. So we'll see you then. The Radio Essentials Podcast. Visit Radio Essentials online, radioessentials.com.